Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to see you this week again. I'm here with Pastor Nick Katie, who is the pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. And we are currently in in the middle of our series, uh, what is just called I Could Never Believe in a God Who. And we're finishing that sentence over the course of the next few weeks. And this week, we are looking at the topic of I Could Never Believe in a God Who Gave Us a Faulty Bible. And uh, of course, this is, you know, number one on the list. And I was just hearing today one of the chief reasons for people leaving the church or not believing in God is because they, they say they don't believe in the Bible, uh, especially among young people who are not staying in church, going to college. They just don't have any faith that the Bible is what it says says it is. And, uh, you know, it, this is a great, great one to share with friends if, you, if you've got somebody who feels that way. But, you know, we had a great time discussing on Sunday some of the things that make the Bible historically reliable. And, and, uh, but there was a couple things that you weren't able to cover on Sunday morning. And one of those was contradictions in the Bible. This is one of the first things anybody, well, the Bible completely contradicts itself. And so what were your thoughts on that particular topic? Yeah, I think the number one thing you should say if someone says the Bible contradicts itself is you should say, well, please show me where the Bible contradicts itself. There are really only 10 to 12 um, apparent contradictions in the New Testament. The reason I call them apparent contradictions is because they actually have really easy answers and um, they're not contradictions. Uh, Here's the deal. There there are four Gospels, right, that tell the story of Jesus' birth, life, death, resurrection. And those four different Gospels written by four different people. It's kind of like if something were to happen in, let's say, um, New York City, right? You would have many different news sources covering it. You'd have them interviewing different people. They'd be having a little bit different perspective. And actually, I mean, that's what I do. When I, when I want to know about an event that happened, I'll try and read a couple different sources because I want to see maybe a couple different perspectives that uh, were had by eyewitnesses or people who were there. And so it's not surprising that some of the stories are uh, slightly different. Now, sometimes here, I'll give you a couple examples of some of these apparent contradictions and show you how really it's, it's a little bit like, it's almost easy to see, okay, that's just a matter of um, perspective. Okay, so here's one. Uh, it says that, like, Judas took the money he had. I just read this in my Bible yesterday in my reading plan. He took the money that he got, and he went back to the high priest, and he uh, threw the money back at them, and he was like, I don't want this blood on my hands. But then he went out and killed himself and uh, committed suicide. Well, then in the book of Acts, it says that his body fell into this field and burst open. And he said, well, which one was it? Did he hang himself or did his body fall into a field and burst open? Well, the answer is probably both, right? Like they're not exclusive. Probably hung himself. You can imagine tree branch breaks. They cut him down, whatever it is, body falls and breaks, you know, however long his body was up up there for. Another one um, in Matthew chapter five, we read this very famous Sermon on the Mount, that Jesus gave it says that he went up on a mountain and he preached a sermon. Now, that sermon is very, very close to almost identical to a sermon that's preached in Luke chapter six, and that is called the Sermon on the Plain because it says right there Jesus went up to a flat place. Um, and but but the other thing is that there are some very significant differences. It's almost identical, but the differences are very significant between Luke's version of this sermon and Matthew's version of the sermon. People say, well, look, you can't even trust it. I mean, they're, they're they're not even saying the same thing. Well, this is, again, very easy to, to figure out. 
if you, even if you look at the chronology of when they took place, they took place at different times. I was just recently in Israel, and the place where he preached the Sermon on the Mount is is very obvious because there's a big mountain right next to uh, Capernaum, which was this kind of their home base. It's where Peter lived and where they, they made their home base. And so it really makes a lot of sense. They just walked up the hill, people followed him, he taught, etc. cetera. Uh, but there are also a lot of flat places in Galilee, and really all this is saying is these are probably two different occasions. Well, do you think Jesus ever preached the same sermon twice? Well, I'll give you a preacher hint. I, I preach the same sermon often when I preach in different locations. And I can imagine, you know, without having the internet and things like that, um, Jesus probably would have wanted everybody in the region to hear the same core message that he had to preach. So what you would do is, he's probably preaching without notes, he has a core message that he preaches, and so he goes from town to town. It says that he did that. He traveled around all the region of Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So he goes from one town to the next town, preaches generally the same message, at least the core, but he'll change certain elements, right? Maybe add something here, maybe say it in a little bit different wording there, makes total sense. Um, you know, so it's not a contradiction. These are actually just two different occasions when he preached similar sermons. And one final one I'll, I'll list. Like I said, there's 10 to 12. They all have very easy answers. Uh, one is the parable of the talents. So Jesus tells this parable in which a man goes away and he gives, a talent was a degree of money. So he goes away and he gives um, certain denominations of money to his different servants. And then they do their thing with them. He comes back, calls them to account. But in Luke's account of this, it's different than Matthew's account. The way that the parable ends, and really you might say the point of the parable is completely different in the two, mm-hmm. uh, you know, two gospel accounts. People say, well, it's a contradiction. We can't know what Jesus really said. Well, again, who's to say that Jesus didn't preach the same parable on two different occasions? I mean, it's, I, I do that all the time. So, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and I think you brought that up in the Sunday ser- sermon, the fact just that for 1,600 years, three continents, three languages, multiple writers, multiple books, yet one core message and one core thought. And, you know, it's hard, you know, as this book has been the most attested book throughout uh, the centuries and people have, you know, century after century tried to find these contradictions and try to shoot down the Bible, yet the Bible seems to come back stronger, especially through archaeological finds. And and it's such a huge topic and it's very difficult to cover all of these things on Sunday morning. But one of the main, you know, you know, points of the Bible, one of the main ways to to prove the the, the reliability of the Bible is prophecy. And uh, so you wanted to share a few things about that as well. Yeah. So I mean you could say that Quite a lot of the Bible is predictive prophecy. Much of that has already been fulfilled. There are some things that haven't yet been fulfilled. But in Isaiah, God says this. He goes, you know, uh, he's, he's talking about people who make false gods and idols. And he says, you know, you fashion these things out of your own hands, and then you bow down and worship it. He says, but I'm not like that, right? I'm an unseen God, but here's how you will know that I'm the true God. I will tell you what's going to happen before it happens. And then when it's fulfilled, you'll see that I was the true God. So in other words, what he's saying is that he's basing all of his credibility on the idea of that he can predict the future uh, because he's God and that it will come true. And that's how you should know that he's God. And so uh, how can we know that his word is true? Well, let's look at the evidence from prophecy. Have these prophecies been fulfilled? Like I said, the majority of prophecies in the Old Testament 
have been fulfilled to our present day. Now, there are some which haven't, uh, and very significant ones, right? And in the New Testament, too, there are some prophecies which have not yet been fulfilled. And so, when we look at the ones that have been fulfilled, you know, there, there's uh, probabilities that they've run, you know, mathematical probabilities for all of the prophecies about Jesus. There's over 300. They said even just the probability of, like, let's take the eight most clear prophecies, and let's say, okay, are those... Were those fulfilled? Okay, we can say that they were. And if they were, what's the probability of one person fulfilling these prophecies and having them be predicted in the past? And so people have tried to run probability numbers, but it's just, it's ridiculous. You know, like some people, someone illustrated it this way. They said, it'd be like if you covered the state of Texas in silver dollars, uh, like a foot high, and then you put like an X on one and, uh, and told somebody, okay, you get one chance to grab one. And they did, and it was the right one, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy astronomical um, number of, of probability. That, and, and like I said, there's over 300 regarding just Jesus, not to mention all the other prophecies regarding things about, like, you know, different empires who would come and take over and what would happen to different cities. Uh, we studied a lot about that in the Minor Prophets series we did earlier this year. So... Um, Prophecy is a really big one, and uh, you can look into all the information on that. Maybe we could post some links. Yeah, and that was the significance of the Dead Sea Scrolls and the finding of the Isaiah Scroll, because many people thought, wow, there's no way. That was written way after the time of Jesus. Right. You know, so yeah, huge topic and not one you can't cover in one Sunday sermon or one sermon extra. And we, you know, definitely encourage you to go out. If this is something that you struggle with, just go out there and, and, and search search it. Don't hang your hat, you know, and, and your doubt on these ten or twelve apparent contradictions. Take the time to figure it out. There's more to, more at stake here uh, for you and for uh, for for us as well as we look at the scriptures as a book that we can we can build our lives upon and that's what we what we believe and that's why we're here today. So we encourage you, whitefieldschurch.com, go download that message, share it with somebody uh, that you know might struggle with this very very thing and if you got questions uh, we'd love to answer them you know we'd, we'd love to to answer those questions if you had that facebook instagram uh, youtube or everywhere ring that bell and we'll get notifications every time that there's a new sermon extra and uh we look forward to seeing you next week god bless you